Howdy, Pilgrims. On this week's Dose, we have Destin Bell, CEO and founder of Cardio, the gamified fitness app turning outdoor cardio into a giant game of turf war. Destin's always had the entrepreneurial spirit from selling candy, toys, and shoes at a young age to starting several businesses during and now after college to today building Cardio. And with an incredible list of advisors from companies like Map My Run and Pokemon Go, Destin and his team have built an app with over 3,000 people on the wait list with plans of launching the public beta in early 2023. Yeah, truly amazing progress so far. And Destin shares a lot of key milestones with us along his journey that prove if you work hard and put yourself out there, things will eventually start to fall your way. Right. It also helps when you're an incredible salesman. And I mean, Destin, Destin could sell sand to the beach, <laughs> but truly an incredible story and also just the beginning for Destin and the team at Cardio. And with that, here's this week's interview. You see here, kid, you gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. On this week's dose, we welcome Destin Bell, founder of Cardio. Destin, thanks for joining the show. How's it going? Going pretty good, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, let's get right into it. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey and also just curious if you always planned on becoming a founder. Yeah, I've always been interested in entrepreneurship from a young age. When I was younger, you know, I like to say that my childhood, it, I had everything I needed but nothing I wanted. There was never a time when my parents didn't have enough money to provide food. Might not always been the food I wanted, but there was something edible to eat. We had electricity, we had water, we had all those things, but I was wearing the same raggedy shoes to school every day. I was wearing like my school uniform outside of school sometimes because I really didn't have any other clothes to wear. So all the things that I really wanted, I had to go and find the money for myself, extra clothes, shoes, video games. And so all the way you know, back to like even elementary school, I would like sell candy. I would like flip my toys to other kids. I would sell sneakers. I would ghostwrite essays. I would even like ghostwrite rap lyrics for my friends who rap on SoundCloud and stuff like that. Wow. I was good at writing. I always found ways to find a dollar out of somewhere. If there was a way for me to get a dollar out of some situation, I was going to find a way to extract it. This is one of my favorite shows as a kid was Ed, Ed and Eddie because I was just inspired. Like, man, these guys <laughs> bagel their way to that job. I'd make the argument that most of the contraptions that they made on that show probably cost more than a quarter. They could have just bought a drop record with, you know, the stuff they used for those materials. But whole different conversation. <laughs> so once I got into college, because up to that point, I was just hustling. I wasn't really an entrepreneur. I didn't know what being an entrepreneur particularly meant. So, you know, I did all those things in high school and elementary, middle school, like my K through 12 years. None of those were you know, real businesses. They weren't incorporated or anything like that. They were just, you know, side things I did to make a quick buck here and there. Uh, once I got to college, when I first really understood what entrepreneurship really was beyond just hustling, um, but it was actually like, you know, having legitimate like business practices and structures with other people helping you out and like operations and all those other fun, fancy things that you learn in college. 
So I had my first real business when I was a sophomore. I had this idea around creating a marketing platform to pretty much help connect students to things that were happening off campus. So we worked with brands like Lyft, Breakout Games, SkyZone, and a lot of different groups to help them with getting in front of college students through content, through discounts, and then leveraging a platform that drove all that together. And then we would take transaction fees from all the transactions processed on our website. So over a two year period, I did that from beginning of my sophomore year to the end of my junior year. Uh, we did about $12,000 in revenue. Um, we got to do a bunch of ton of stuff. And it was my first real exposure to a actual business, the way that you know somebody would incorporate and pay taxes and hire people and have you know like margins and whatnot beyond just and also the first time i had done a business that didn't require me to trade time for labor which really was the biggest thing because i would wake up and there would have been five transactions that netted me twenty dollars in revenue and up to that point everything i'd ever done whether it had been selling candy whether it had been shoveling snow cutting grass whatever it was always a exchange of time or labor for capital so once I realized, oh, you can like create things on the internet and then people will pay you for it and you don't have to really do anything except make sure it doesn't break. Genius, dude. What the fuck? Why are we doing that? So once I did that for two years, I realized I wanted to do something a little bit bigger. I saw that that was going to be a crowded field that a lot of students probably have one like little pseudo startup like that at every college campus. And I'm not going to really care enough about it after I graduate to want to run with it beyond that. So once I moved into my senior year, I got an idea of creating basically a CRM, but for your personal contacts, I called it a PRM. Pretty much like bringing like HubSpot technology to your personal contacts up. You manage who you talk to, what you talked about when you talked, uh, that type of thing. Um, but I got that idea right around COVID times. I graduated May, 2020, March, 2020. Everybody knows what happened. It was a, you know, relationship management and like networking type tool. And our go-to-market strategy was based around networking events. Anybody who was around in 2020 could tell you that is not the right time to be in that market. So that <laughs> pretty much went kaput immediately. Um, and so I was in a weird, I was in a weird space, obviously at that time, cause I just graduated college. I had put all of my time and effort into this startup kaput. I had a backup plan of being a pharmaceutical sales rep. I had been talking to Eli Lilly and they had basically given me like um, an unofficial offer of being a sales rep in whatever market I wanted to be in. Cause I had you know, talked to them, networked with them and they really liked my energy and my ability to sell. But because of COVID they had a hire freeze. And then when they stopped the hire freeze, they had all these people who were overly qualified who were willing to work for less than what they were worth. And they'd rather have a person with 10 years of experience than a fresh college grad when they can pay them the same amount. So I didn't get that job anymore. And I found myself making eight dollars an hour, sleeping on my dad's air mattress. But I always knew I was an entrepreneur, and just because I was broke and jobless, and you know, frankly, directionless on what I wanted to do, I didn't really change that. So instead of getting a job, I just said, "Screw it. Where's the place that I could go build something from scratch and eat like peanut butter out of a jar or something until I figure it out?" I heard things <laughs> about Austin. Funny thing, I moved to Austin. I had never visited a day in my life. I had lived in Dallas for three months for an internship. Outside of that, I had never lived outside of Kentucky where I'm from my entire life. I had never stepped foot in Austin. I didn't know a single person in Austin. This was October of 2020, so it was still COVID. So there was no in-person networking events, nowhere I can really meet people. I said, screw it, I'm going to go anyway. Got in my car, drove to Austin, and um, from that moment, I've just been working on a bunch of different ventures, keeping that entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, 
one job, one company was me as working as a content creator. And so I was making videos in the esports space and getting sponsored by groups like Old Spice and um, McDonald's and the NBA and different groups like that. I started another company working with remote teams, helping them get connected to each other by creating basically best practice templates that they can integrate into Slack so they can know how best to chat with each other without being in the same place and help them adjust to remote work and, you know, you know really foster healthy working relationships, help foster what they call water cooler talk, et cetera. And then around that time, or at least a little bit later, around March 21 is when I got the idea for my now primary startup, which is Cardio. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I got that idea about a year and a half ago. And once we got our first investment, I realized that's what I want to do. So I stopped working on the remote work company completely. I scaled down the content business. I started rolling over some of the money I had from that into other passive income businesses like Toro Cars and investing in real estate and renting out um, rental properties here in Austin and then putting most of my active working time into cardio. And I've been doing that full time since the beginning of 2021 or 2022, I should say. Wow. Yeah, it's a great, great journey. And clearly you're a hustler, man. Um, I guess we're curious, like, what was the aha moment? Uh, How do you think of the idea? What made you think I, I'm going to wind down these other ventures? You're clearly kind of this person that loves to network and work on different projects, but to hone in your focus, what, what, uh, what told you to do that? And, and how, and what were, I guess, some of the early challenges that, that led you to today? So, there has been a, a ton of aha moments. I think they're like compounding ahas. So the aha moment for the idea in its bare, like smallest viable version of it was in really like it was during COVID because I was stuck at home. I was in my college apartment. It was July of 2020 and I wasn't working out very much because, you know, usually I would go to the gym. I would go to play basketball with my friends. I would do like group activities, like play sports, obviously because of COVID. That was limited, if not completely non-existent at that time. And I found myself feeling very uninspired to work out. And I've always been somebody who loves fitness, who loves staying in shape, but I never liked cardio. And I realized without the social elements, I could still lift. Like I was still doing like circuits. I'll do push-ups, sit-ups, planks. I can do all that at home. That's fine. But running around my neighborhood in a circle by myself for no reason other than just running. Hell no. I'd rather die hard than <laughs> Um, but I thought about Pokemon Go and Pokemon Go during, po during COVID was like spiking. They were growing 23% week over week compared to the year before. Um, and people were using it because, frankly, they needed a reason to go outside and be active. And it made me wonder, could you make a game similar to Pokemon Go, but focus around cardio fitness to get people to go outside? And so that was the first aha moment of, hmm, there's an idea here. From that time until March 21, I was like poking the bear a little bit, figuring out like, okay, what if it was this? What if it was that? What if it was that? Around February of 21, I got the idea of, oh, what if it was like a giant team game of Turf War? And so I made a Figma prototype of what that would look like. And then I started showing people. And one of the people I showed told me that you should show this to my friend. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, whatever, your friend, your, your buddy from college or whatever. Turns out his friend was the founder of Mount My Run, which if you're not familiar in the fitness space, Mount My Run is a... Uh, multi tens of millions of user company um, in the cardio fitness space. They got bought by Under Armour for $150 million. And this guy is like the godfather of the cardio fitness space. Like he started this in 99, sold in 13. And he's worked on other projects on an advisor role or like his operator role for, you know, several different companies beyond that. So when I got introduced to him, we hopped on a Zoom call. I showed him the Figma prototype. He said, dude, like, 
It's very rough around the edges, but you got a really good idea here. And I want to come on as an advisor and support you on that journey. So that was like that next aha moment. Like, oh, oh shit. A guy who made money in this space, who doesn't know me from Joe Glow down the street, thinks I have a good idea and is willing to offer his time for free to help me build it. Okay. That's somebody I trust that this is a good idea. So I should really put time into this. So around that time is when I started winding down the remote company initially and start doing that. And then the content business, because content business was cash flow. And obviously, you know, I got to eat and, and startups don't pay <laughs> the bills up front. So of course I had to keep something going, but I really started investing more time on a part-time level to it. So the next aha moment was when we got connected to Pokemon Go's parent company, Niantic. So I'm not a technical. I couldn't code my way out of an HTML file. And frankly, if you're going to make an app, you need somebody who's technical to not only help you build the initial version, but to iterate once you get feedback and know what this, that what works, what doesn't work. So I started DMing as many engineers as possible. Obviously, we're doing something in GPS and consumer and all that. So I wanted to focus on people who had worked at companies that have had success in that. One of those people happened to be an iOS engineer from Pokemon Go. Turns out he was the engineer. He was like the very, the very first engineer who started working on it in 2016. Hopped on a call. I pitched him on the idea and said, hey, man, would you be willing to quit your job to work with me? He said, no, but I think you got a great idea and I like your energy and you're bold enough to reach out to me and make that ask. So you're the kind of guy who I feel like if he gets the right opportunity, he can make it work. I, you know, because he worked at Niantic before Pokemon Go and they were a much smaller company before they had this multi-billion dollar hit on their hands. So he knew the CEO personally. And even though he no longer worked at Niantic, he was now at Apple. He had the the CEO's personal email. And he gave it to me and said, hey, look, shoot him an email and see what happens. So I shot him an email. Literally, this is May of 21. Two months passed, nothing from him. I don't even send a second one. It's like, it's like I'm shooting a half-court shot at the halftime buzzer. Like, if you make it, great. If you miss it, like, you're going to take that shot again at the beginning of the third because you missed it? Like, no, you're not supposed to make it anyway. So if you make it, great. If you don't, whatever. I figured I missed. I didn't send him a follow-up email, left it at that. Randomly in July, two months later, he responds, tells me, dude, this is a cool idea. I hop on the phone with him and a couple other executives. And then over about a three to four month span of showing them progress and traction and what we're doing, they end up giving us, me specifically, because at this time I'm, just, I'm a solo founder outside of my advisors. I um, got a 50K grant from Pokemon Go, as well as like being able to directly talk to them about challenges and things that I'm facing. So that was like the big aha moment of, oh shit, a billion dollar company in this space saw my idea and loved it enough to give me free money to build it. That is like the signal of all signals. So that was the one where I finally decided, okay, I'm going to go full time on this. I winded down the content business, completely stopped doing the remote stuff um, and then focused solely on that. And then the last thing was I finally brought on a CTO in February. So, you know, senior iOS engineer, at LinkedIn, smart dude, making way more money there than I'll be able to pay him for the next like three years probably. And he quit his job and, didn't even ask for a guarantee of equity or a paycheck. He said, I just think this idea is really great and I want to be a part of it. And so once I got somebody who was talented enough to actually build the product to work on it for free with me, that was like the final signal. And I've been, you know, all in since then. Wow. I mean, Dustin, that's incredible. What an incredible team and list of advisors you've got there. Um, if you could elaborate more on some of the early challenges as well as successes that you've experienced while well after going full in for cardio. So those are definitely the successes. Like, um, you know, we've been raising capital. So especially in this market, we've been able to raise a little bit under a million dollars so far, which I'll take it as a first time founder um, in this market. I mean, I, hey, I'll take any money that people give me as long as the terms are good and the terms are 
phenomenal for the way the market is shaping up. Um, I mentioned the Niantic. I mentioned bringing on the co-founder and the advisor. So those are definitely the big wins. The challenges have been as numerous, if not as the wins, as any founder will tell you, you know, you're going to lose a lot more than you win. The wins sound greater on the headline, but the losses probably will fill the actual body of what that article is about with the headline. And so the biggest challenge, frankly, was just even getting to this point. I mean, starting out again, I was making $8 an hour. I have no technical background. I don't like cardio. I know nothing about building fitness apps. I don't have any contacts in that space. And I'm moving to a city where I don't know anybody. And I'm basically like scrapping to like make ends meet, much less like playing from, you know, with house money to just throw money at stuff. So the biggest challenge was really the mental one of what are you doing? Like get a job, focus on something more realistic. If anything, come back to this idea in a year or two after you've worked a normal five, nine to five job, save up some money and then use that money to pay some dev shop in India to make you a prototype. And then hopefully that prototype gets enough traction that you can convince somebody to join your team and raise like a small pre-seed family friend type round. So even getting from there to where we are right now was like the biggest challenge, the biggest hurdle and overcoming that makes everything feel like exponentially smaller. But raising capital has also been a challenge, especially this year. Um, it's been hard. It's been really difficult. We've got probably up to this point, probably about 70 no's from VCs at minimum. That's only counting the people who've actually said no. That's not even counting the people who never even gave me the time of day to say no. Um, so raising capital has been tough. Then also figuring out the vision of what the company is. Like I have so many ideas, like all founders, like, oh my God, what if we like white labels for corporate wellness? What if we had this feature? What if we had that feature? What if we did this, 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 and this? And it's like, look, we only have a finite number of hours in the day. We only have a finite number of dollars in the bank. And we only have so many chances to get users to love our product before they never touch it again. I mean, the average person will download an app and only use it two times before they never touch it again. So you only really get two opportunities with a user to make them love your product, and which, which means that you need to make it as good as possible, as succinctly as possible from the get-go. So you got to pick what things matter. Like, does this feature need to be prioritized over that one? So it's been a challenge to figure out which features we wanted to use because we have this whole litany of things we want to do. And like, okay, now pick 10 of those and scrap the other 80 for later. And then you got to pray to God that the 10 you picked aren't going to kill your company. Um, so those have been the biggest one. Finding talent also. It took me over a year to find a CTO from when I started working on this idea. I mean, I, I got the idea originally in its most basic form in July of 2020. And I didn't get a co-founder for an inherently technical product that can't even exist without one until February of this year. So that's literally 18 months of working on an app without the ability to make an app. So, you know, and even that was lucky. Like the guy who came on as my co-founder told me no a year prior because I had already reached out to him during that time where I got connected to that um, Pokemon Go guy. And he'd said, well, I'm happy where I'm at right now, yada, yada, yada. And then a year later, after seeing the progress, he came back and said, you know what, actually, now that I see what you're doing with this, I'm, I'm on board. So, you know, finding talent is really difficult. Those would be at a high level, like the biggest three that have run into, like finding money, finding talent, and then just sticking with it before you have those two things. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a true story of perseverance too. Like you never gave up on it. You kept putting your name out there. You kept networking. You know, certainly we like to talk about that and the strategies that founders and investors have for 
networking. So we'll definitely want to get your maybe tips and tricks and advice here at the end of the interview with regard to that, because, you know, the luck, you never know when something's going to pan out, when when somebody's going to respond. You had two cases of that you just explained. So it's a product of the hard work, perseverance that you had. So that's, that's just an awesome story. We wanted to learn a little bit more. Where are you guys at with cardio today? Um, I think you have a beta product right now, maybe a wait list of over 2000. Give us the update there. What, what's it looking like to take the next step? Yeah. So I mentioned we raised, we're raising capital still. So we've raised about 850,000 so far over the last three months. We're looking to get somewhere around the million to 1.3 range. Hopefully knock on wood, pray for me. Um, private beta, like you mentioned, uh, has been live on test flight for about four months now. We're sitting at about 300 users using that and about 3,300 on the wait list now as of today. So making progress, launch date for public beta on the App Store is January the 7th. So all of our focus right now is on driving up that wait list as much as possible, building hype, forming those partnerships. We're actually generating revenue because part of our go-to-market strategy and our revenue model is actually getting teams to form with these communities. So these communities make up the teams. These aren't like generic teams like a Pokemon Go with Mystic Valor. These are actually like Fleet Feet, F45, run clubs, fitness organizations, even startups and just friend groups who want to create teams. And they actually have to pay to form those teams. And we're doing a little bit under $1,000 a month in recurring revenue from those teams that are paying pre-launch to form a team um, for January. So that's kind of our focus right now is just driving as many users to sign up as possible, finding as many brand partner organizations that want to form custom teams. And, uh, you know, this early stage, we're making progress. We actually just brought on our first full-time hire literally yesterday, just hired him for a UI UX. So, and we're finally paying ourselves salaries up to this point. I have not paid myself a dollar from anything outside of like buying myself a drink when I'm at the bar with um, business people. So um, that's great to be able to finally give myself a salary versus working for free 99 and eating top ramen off the oven. So it's great. It's, it's coming along. I'm really excited about where we're trending towards and, you know, just another step in the journey, a lot more to go, but happy about the progress you've made so far. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, just love hearing about all the grit and hustle that's going into cardio here and testament to you. I um, would love to hear, we, we like to highlight Austin-based companies, being that Sam and I are both based in Austin. Um, so I would love to hear kind of what your experience has been like building this startup specifically in Austin, as well as the overall venture capital landscape here that you've experienced. Building in Austin has been so much fun. So when I first moved here, I really didn't have this idea very fleshed out. It was in the back of my mind, but I didn't move to Austin specifically because I felt like it would be a good place to build this company specifically. It wasn't even the first company I worked on when I got here, but it's turned out to be almost perfect. It's a very fit culture. It's pretty warm. Except for this week, it's been like ridiculously cold (laughs) for some reason. But generally Austin's super hot. So people are always outside walking, running. There's a lot of running clubs here. Um, People are very health conscious, wellness conscious. Um, And the startup community is great. I'm actually at Capital Factory right now. You guys are at the Alumni Ventures office. So there's a ton of VCs. There's a ton of founders. There's a ton of people who are supporting those companies. There are a lot of blue chip companies like Dell and Google and other groups here that are supporting founders like myself. So I absolutely love being in Austin. The venture capital scene is growing. It's still not, you know, New York or San Francisco, obviously, but it's trending in that direction. It's definitely one of the faster growing um, venture capital cities in the country, um, world really even. 
And even though I haven't really raised any money from anybody based here, I know that especially once we get more traction in the market, becomes a little bit less volatile. Um, that there's going to be a ton of people in my back door that hopefully I can add to my cap table. Yeah, super exciting. I mean, yeah, you, you couldn't have stumbled upon a better city with startups combined with the active lifestyle and young people running around, founders running around that, that would want to get on something like this. So that's awesome. Um, back to the kind of the advice. We call our listeners our pilgrims. Um, you know, you have a great story with, with how you've networked, with how you've, you know, always been a businessman and been able to pitch yourself and your ideas. What Any tips and tricks to folks out there who might want to start their own business? What I'll say as an operator and a founder is really more than anything, especially when you're early stage and you're trying to figure it out without a budget, without a team, it all already comes down to just putting yourself out there as much as possible. I was making constant LinkedIn posts about the company. Even if it was something arbitrary as hell, like, oh, there's just news about a competitor. I would find a way to like bring that back to my company. I would make posts about, oh, we had this user interview and we got this interesting tidbit. We made this Figma prototype. We just made a new website. Check it out. Tell me what you think about it. Hey, we're looking to start doing ad campaigns around these things. Here's some of the marketing collaterals we're working on. What is your opinion of it? Think about this, this and that. Like, even if it's something that people probably don't care about, just putting yourself out there at all has been really beneficial for us because, again, like my co-founder now said no to me initially when I talked to him. He came on board, not because I reached back out to him and sold him on the idea. I made a post about Niantic investing and he had seen that post. And then he's like, oh, dude, congratulations. Like, I've been seeing all your progress continuously over and over again on my LinkedIn feed. And I want to talk, want to chat on the phone. We hopped on the call and he said, dude, I want to be a part of this. And I don't think any of that would have happened had I not been vocal about every single step that we took in progressing and progressing the company. Forward. So putting yourself out there as much as possible, network, leverage your digital communities, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever it is that you're you know, popping, wherever you got people who are following you. If you don't have people following you anywhere, try to drive that. For me, LinkedIn is like my ground zero on my content more than Instagram, more than Twitter. I love LinkedIn. It's literally where I post on almost a daily basis or at least engage with people's content and comment on a daily basis. Um, that would be my biggest thing. The other one, and it's like, it's so cliche kind of corny and i know like everybody's heard it before and it's not gonna mean anything for me to say it to them but i think it was like a big part of our success just like don't give up on the dream if you have that gut feeling that even though in this moment it doesn't make sense one day with continuous effort it will you should just go for it you know that one, i'm a big kobe fan and one quote that he had is get one percent better every day like today it's not going to be a lot, but it's like the compound interest effect of doing something every day. After three months, six months, a year, five years, you turn around and it's like, wow, we made a ton of progress. Like on a daily basis, I think, did I really get anything accomplished today? Like I made like five wireframes on Figma or I did some research on like a competitor or I just edited my pitch deck or I made a LinkedIn post. And maybe that was like the only massively productive thing I did that day. But over a year's time, I realized that I did a lot of stuff. And that progress is something that people who haven't been there on a daily basis but are looking at a macro level say, wow, that was really impressive. You made a lot of progress over these last three months, six months, a year. So I would encourage anybody who feels like in this moment in time, you're not prepared to just think of it on what can I do today to propel myself to be where I want to be next year, next quarter, next week, tomorrow even. And then focus. 
on that more so than like where you at at a macro level. Yeah, that's that's some awesome, super valuable advice. So thanks for sharing, Destin. And specifically, I love that Kobe reference. That's actually that one percent better thing is something I apply to fitness a lot. So do 10, mm-hmm. 10 push-ups today, make it 11 tomorrow, one mile today, 1.1 tomorrow. Uh, that being said, if I compounded correctly, I should be doing probably a thousand push-ups a day by now. <laughs> but um, yeah. no, nonetheless. But you're making progress, but you're moving forward. And that's all that matters. Exactly. It's not all exponential. Sometimes it's literally just one plus one plus one plus one plus one. Exactly. Um, yeah, really, really love all the advice you hit there. I think it's super valuable. Don't worry about it being cliche. Cliches are cliche for a reason. Um, Facts. But one more thing that we like to do with people we bring onto the pod, especially people who are founders like yourself, is hear about some startups that you've got your eyes on that you think other people should be aware of. Definitely. There's a ton of them in Austin. The biggest one would be Free Water. I'm sure if you guys are familiar with the the scene around here, you've heard of them. And maybe your listeners even because they're super viral on Instagram and TikTok. But um, Free Water, they're actually one of our partners. They're one of our teams on our app. But Okay. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. I was really talking to the founder. That's why I was running a little bit late because as I was walking into Capital Factory to hop on this call, I walked into this, walked up to the CEO. He was on a call and we were talking about getting lunch on Friday, but they're great. I absolutely love them. I mean, mission is phenomenal. For anybody who doesn't know what they're doing, they're basically giving away free water and they make their money by taking the label and making it an advertisement spot and then getting companies to pay for the ad spend for putting for being on the label which lets them make money but also give away the free waters and then people's reactions on it is you know hilarious like but this is free free like how how is this free what what are you talking about and then they they go on viral on tiktok for these you know reaction videos and stuff so i love what they're doing the marketing campaign the mission the economics like there's not a lot of companies because i feel like i feel like every founder has like a level of ego and what they're building and then also how they're going about doing it and they're like i'm the shit there's not a lot of people who i'm like wow how come I didn't think of that? That's brilliant. And that's one of the many ones that I've talked to here in Austin. Like, wow, that's some cool shit. So them for sure, number one. Um, Two, they're a, a new up and coming one. They actually just launched, but the founder is great. Their team is great. Um, He's got hustle and I respect the hell out of them. Um, they're called Maple. So it's basically a service helping people who are solo traveling, find people in these new cities. So especially like the professionals of the world, like myself, I travel a lot and it's usually by myself because my co-founder doesn't fly with me to these places. I go by myself. I'm pitching or I'm talking to investors or I'm going to conferences or I'm doing this and doing that. And relatively speaking, I'm not very familiar with these cities. I don't know people in these cities. Um, He's basically making a platform that's kind of like Hinge meets Open Table meets like, like, like Yelp. And it's actually really cool. They're getting really good traction. They launched a couple months ago. They've already gotten like to several thousands of users. And I think he's just got grit and there's a lot of there's not again on the same tip of there's not a lot of people who i think have better ideas than me there's not a lot of people who i feel like work just as hard as me i'm like oh wow this guy he's a hustler so definitely keep your eyes on them it's maple.io they're killer those are the two i would highlight the most they're they're awesome yeah yeah we actually covered uh well we mentioned free water when we were talking about liquid death we covered liquid death on a few episodes mm-hmm. back and it made me think of free water um, mm-hmm. you, you see him out on the Austin, like the pedestrian bridge out there sometimes mm-hmm. handing out yeah. the water and a lot of those videos. So yeah, cool. And yeah, I hadn't heard of Maple either. So we, we should reach out to him, maybe get yeah. him on or, or at least cover what they're doing. Appreciate mentioning him. Oh, he would be um, a great interview. He's a, he's a great dude. I was literally with him early, like we're on that capital factory right now. And like all these people are here. Anybody who's listening to this in Austin, who's not a part of the capital factory scene, but wants to get involved with tech and a whole bunch of really cool 
founders, this is the place to be. They're all here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Been a staple, you know, since the beginning, really. Um, yeah. Capital Factory there. So that's a great community to be in. Um, well, I think you know, we want to wrap this up and make sure we plug you and, and cardio and make sure people know where to find you. Obviously, LinkedIn, you, meant, you mentioned. Um, I had actually seen you on there before we got connected with you. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff, uh, what you're building, all the updates there. What's the best way for people to reach out? Definitely LinkedIn. I'm the most active there, so especially company-wise. So find me on there, Destin George Bell. You can look up Cardio also. You'll be able to find me on either of those. Um, you can also find me, if you want to see me on my personal life, come vibe with me when I'm not working. We work hard, yeah. we play harder. Come see me on Instagram, uh, G, so letter G, Fortune underscore 500. Or you know, shoot me an email at Destin at Cardio, which is C-A-R-D-I-I dot I-O. So Destin, D-E-S-T-I-N at Cardio, C-A-R-D-I-I dot I-O. We'd love to chat with anybody looking to partner, looking to get tips on being a founder or anybody who thinks that they could help me because I'm young, I'm dumb, and I would love advice from people too because I know they got as much advice to give me as I can give them. Yeah, love it. Um, I think we're just about ready to wrap this one up. So thanks again, Destin. Really appreciate you taking the time to hop on the Venture Pill this week's dose. And I hope to see you around in Austin soon, man. Yeah, for sure. It's Austin Startup Week, so I hope I got to see you guys around. I don't know if you're going to Startup Crawler or any of the other things that um, Capital Factory is doing, but the city is going to be in the streets, and I will be there too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see you out there. Awesome. Pleasure, man. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okey-dokey, that's alright, but wait, I don't know how to do things this.